Zachariah Moreno, co-founder, CEO, and CTO of Squadcast. Zachariah is a technologist, podcaster, author, and co-founder of Squadcast. He and his team are on a mission to connect creatives. Hey, Zach, how are you? I'm good, Jordan. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show, and I hope you're doing well. It's been quite a week. It has, yeah. It's uh, trying times in the world, but uh, glad uh, glad you're doing well, and everybody, everybody in my w- life is doing well as well, so grateful for that. For sure, very grateful. And for our listeners at home, get us caught up on what you have with Squadcast right now and any updates. Yeah, we've been at it about uh, about three and a half years. We're a, a bootstrap startup working in primarily technology, but in service of the podcast community to help uh, creatives and podcasters record quality remote conversations and interviews. Uh, so the emphasis there is on quality, where we have some some really interesting technology that we've developed to make sure that people can record with confidence from anywhere in the world and that uh, they'll sound like they're in the same location and make everybody sound really good without any uh, kind of network hiccups or anything like that or no need for fancy microphones or you know really expensive recording studios. We can, we can help everybody connect and uh, record. And you have a history of being both an artist and a technologist. So take us through how you merge those worlds and some of the interesting things that you found when you took your creativity through technology. Yeah, so I, um, I wanted to do a creative side project. I, as you mentioned, I went to art school and was a painter uh, before that and you know, was very into that world and got into software engineering and just decided I was writing too much code. It had been a couple of years and wanted to kind of uh, take a side project to do something that was in a new medium and always been a big fan of podcasts. So decided that I um, was really inspired by some of the early work in the science fiction audio drama category within podcasting and really opened my mind to some of the possibilities of what's possible in podcasting and uh, wanted to do a creative side project with my brother Vince, who's an audio engineer. And we're, we're both sci-fi nerds and just kind of uh, have, a, have a good friend as well, who's a decorated playwright and uh, science fiction nerd like us. So wanted to, we, we felt like we should be able to do something. Um, and we just ran into this problem of, of quality because we were not in the same location and voice actors we were working with were not in the same location. And uh, the quality we were getting back was just uh, really, really poor quality. So um, got discouraged for about a week and then decided, oh, there's probably an opportunity here and we can scratch our own itch, really build something new, have a fresh approach to it. I had done my internship on the Google Chrome team in a, a previous year, so I was pretty hip to some of the emerging web standards and technology available with uh, within the cloud and within modern browsers and saw an opportunity to put some of those things together for something completely different. And, uh, you know, fast forward three and a half years, and I believe this is the, uh, the most creative thing I could possibly do because now I get to create something and innovate on, uh, on a tool that helps other people be creative, which is just incredibly, I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And I've been really enjoying the platform. I like there's a green room, so you join on. And, and if the other guest has a camera, we can actually see each other as we're doing a podcast. And it's it's been very helpful through, I think, the first four episodes so far. It's It's been super easy to transfer data back to uh, our post-production team. 
What was the process of going through and figuring out how to develop these features and where you can differentiate yourself in the market? We, we try to ask good questions and listen. Uh, so we have a really big gift with uh, being in service of the podcast community where people are professional speakers. They speak for a living and we f- have found that, you know, that's a gift and we need to be really good at listening and taking in feedback and uh, and really just trying to get out of the way, build stuff that's useful to people. And then also, you know, have a really strong emphasis, uh, like I said before, on quality. But I could record, you know, the best sounding audio file ever but if I don't actually get that file, it doesn't really matter. So that's really where the reliability gets into the picture. And uh, the majority of uh, the work we've done on Squadcast is is in service of the quality, but also uh, a lot of work has gone into, like you said, that, that positive user experience. So the conversation flows and is very natural. You know, technology fades out of the way. But under the surface, we're doing a lot of things to keep us connected and fluid, as well as uh, recording that that audio in the background, uploading it in the background progressively. So uh, the app has a lot of layers of fault tolerance built into it. So nobody's ever in a position where they lost content or uh, didn't have anything to work with. And uh, that's really... Um, really kind of a sweet spot that we've been able to define and and find for people is recording primary files as we call them locally and uploading those in the background as well as recording a backup layer that is recorded to the cloud and is the entire conversation. So uh, between those two things, yeah, we don't lose any content and our customers are always successful with, uh, with their creative pursuits and interviewing different people all over the world. As well as podcasting, I've been using this for uh, wave file transfers for music data. So I've I've had good experience recording acoustically a quick riff on a guitar. I can send that within two minutes to a DJ in Colorado. Now he has it in Ableton, and we can mix it up. And that's another super fun way to use this platform. I just find that data transference is is very slick in this. Very cool. Yeah, we're always looking for folks that are doing things that are kind of outside of the initial design because I agree it it is a powerful set of tools and uh, you know it can be used for lots of different things. So we have one example is a longtime customer now friend of ours, David Wolf has a audiobook production company called Audavita in um, I believe he's in uh, Albuquerque in New Mexico. And uh, so shout out to David. Thank you for all your support over the years. And Autovita is is now, I believe, fully cloud-based and records many audiobooks each month on Squadcast with multiple producers, multiple authors that are sometimes reading their own work or working with a voice actor, and they can be connected in that session to kind of provide guidance and, and a level of direction, which is just a completely fascinating use case to us because, you know, of course, this is built for remote interviews and remote conversations, but the ability to connect from anywhere without needing to get into a physical studio or need anything fancy to record or guests that aren't professional audio professionals, um, they don't really, you know, want to install something and like, you know, have to navigate this new software that's on their computer now and all that stuff. They can just show up and connect on Squadcast and, um, you know, somebody else can even hit record, but they're still getting that same level of quality. So we're, we're really... Agree. We think it's a pretty cool thing. Anytime somebody's using it kind of outside the box like yourself. And we asked this initially, will you have the capability to record the video, uh, to record this conferencing sort of feature that we actually can see right now as we're recording audio? And you said, yes, that's coming down the road and very excited about that. Tell us a little bit how that's going to play out through the year. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. We have uh, just announced last week a collaboration with Dolby, Dolby Labs, the innovative sight and sound company. And uh, they're, they're really cool to work with. And we're using some of their technology to enhance some of our technology. And they have, uh, you know, a very rich heritage of providing audio quality for different mediums, whether that's film or music or, you know, in our case, podcasting is uh, really cool to see them be so interested in an emerging medium as, as podcasts. So really, that's going to come to life in a few different ways through our application. We'll be making the conversation itself like you and I are having right now. We'll be making that more natural, closer to reality uh, with a sense of uh, spatial audio. So um, if you're at conversations with more than two people, it'll kind of feel like somebody's to your right and somebody's to your left um, in a subtle way. And that just makes the the experience even more natural like it is in real life. And then Dolby has uh, some really innovative technology around non-destructive kind of mastering enhancements. Your audio recorded on Squadcast, we can send that over to Dolby have them normalize the loudness, remove background noise, uh, some of those things like uh, remove sibilance from from uh, you know mic technique and things like that. We can uh, we can really help uh, you know enhance the quality further uh, thanks to that collaboration. So uh, that's coming to life in May, and uh, and then also in parallel we are uh, and we have been for a while now working on adding the ability to record quality video in the same way that we've engineered for audio on Squadcast today. It's been a long time requested feature to also record the video locally from anywhere in the world, uploaded in the background progressively with backups. That whole same approach to audio we're bringing to life with video. Turns out video creatives have similar set of challenges that podcasters do and the same old tools that podcasters were using before. So this is a real opportunity to build something completely new. And I don't think companies get those opportunities uh, or people get those opportunities every day to have a big you know, opportunity to move the needle for for podcasting, but also for video. We feel incredibly lucky for that. So that's coming to life uh, around the mid-year. And through all the podcasts that you've done, either as a host or as a guest, what have you found to be uh, the evolution of your approach? What's interesting to us is, like you pointed out, there's kind of my anecdotal experiences like this one where we get to connect and record with people. So thank you again. This is always a pleasure. And then, you know, there's the experience that we have empowering our customers to record with uh, awesome people all over the world. You know, we've had Kara Swisher interview Andrew Yang. We've had... Guy Kawasaki interview, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, we've had a, a bunch of crazy interviews that we've been able to, to help with. And it still blows my mind um, that we can play a small part in that and, uh, and help people, you know, record. So there's those experiences, which we, uh, we try to learn from as well. And this is another announcement we'll be making in a webinar we have coming up actually next month in May, early May, I think it's May 6th, that we'll be having a webinar where we're, for the first time, we are opening up our industry data and being transparent with some of the trends that we see with uh, things like what microphones people are actually using, not just anecdotal recommendations from influencers, how long people record for, what days they record on, um, you know, how many guests they talk to, how long are they talking versus how long are they recording. So there's some very interesting data that we think is going to, uh, to be a first for the podcast industry. There's all this industry data on the consumer side, on the listening and consumption and ads and you know, the focus has always been there with, you know, the people uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants. So this was not a new idea, but it was a first for it 
we believe it is a first for the creative side of podcasting. So folks like Libsyn or Edison Research with the Infinite Dial or the you know podcast uh, industry report that Rob and uh, Libsyn give every year, we saw an opportunity to do something similar for the creative side of the market. And we're very excited about that. So if we join and we're in the green room, does that data get recorded? I guess one of my concerns was we'd be having an awesome conversation either before the uh, the record button or after we press stop and that doesn't get recorded. Well, the backups actually are the full conversation. So if that does happen or it's maybe in between uh, recordings or takes or something like that or after, a lot of times uh, guests will say something like, you know, before they leave and maybe you already wrapped up conversation. But, uh, you know, if, uh, I'll give you uh, one of the in, you know interesting insights from that data is uh, if you break a conversation into three parts, the middle third is... Uh, the average that we see people recording. So they're spending quite a bit of time before talking. Uh, they're spending quite a bit of time after talking, networking, connecting. And that's one of the the kind of hidden superpowers of podcasts is the, the networking abilities that come along with it. You're coming from a place of adding value uh, for your audience and from uh, the to the guests to help get their messaging out there. So uh, using those as you know opportunities to network with people or authors or whoever you're interviewing is uh, is something that we actually see in our data. And it's very exciting to us. And yeah, what was interesting is uh, we, the project, uh, uh, Kiki and, and Matt and I were talking about doing a podcast. And uh, one of the things that we knew we needed since I was in Minneapolis is uh, it would need to be remote. And now through this quarantine and through the uh, the pandemic, have you seen any other trends that are interesting even in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Well, it's, it's surreal. Um, it, it is really, uh, you know, surreal. I don't know what other word to use for it, but the, we're tremendously grateful that we have, you know, any, even a, even a neutral stable business in this climate is something to be grateful for. And we have friends that are, you know, tremendous individuals with amazing missions that they're on to build these crazy companies or nonprofits. And the, um, the climate is just incredibly humbling. Um, so we're very grateful that we can have even any degree of success in, in these times to help people stay productive, stay on track with their podcast. I mean, you know, to, to work with businesses like, like iHeart or ESPN or Vox, you know, these companies, they essentially uh, are content machines. They sell content and to be able to, to keep them productive and moving forward in these crazy times is, uh, is something that we're very, very grateful for. So it is surreal, but I'm grateful that we were working on it for three and a half years, you know, before things got to this degree uh, of craziness. So we're really, really glad that we can keep people podcasting and that people aren't losing, you know, aren't losing any momentum with our podcast. They're podcasting more because they're at home and, and quarantined. And it's another way to connect with people and still be creative kind of while we're all cooped up in, in this quarantine situation. But I am ready to kind of get back to, to any kind of normalcy with, uh, with being able to kind of go out and things like that. But it's been good for, for, you know, our team as well, because we are designed as a remote team. So we don't just build technology that helps other people work remotely. We use our technology to work remotely and, um, you know, depend on it and use it every day. So it's something that, you know, I'm glad that the team... This wasn't a big culture shock for our team or anything like that. And in fact, we've grown our team in this situation. And I'm very glad that we can, you know, help uh, help 
employ people and, and be uh, some source of stability in these trying times. And you mentioned bootstrapping the company. Uh, how did you know when to jump all in, I guess, from prior occupations that you were working on or together as a team? Well, we're, uh, we're still bootstrapped today and we're, we're glad we're, you know, uh, really happy with that decision. My co-founder Rock and I both worked full-time jobs in parallel to Squadcast for over a year and a half. And, um, you know, we're three and a half years in now. So about half the life of the company, we were doing kind of double duty. Uh, and I don't know that I'd recommend that to others, other potential founders, but I do highly recommend bootstrapping and at least trying to bootstrap your company because you always have that optionality to go out and raise venture capital. Even in these situations, venture capitalists are still, you know, making investments. It's way less and more conservative and all of those things, but the right idea at the right time, you can always rely on, you know, people wanting to finance it. So that is something that we're not necessarily like zealots for bootstrapping. We've met some folks that are and respect to them. There's all different ways to run companies. But um, we seek advice from investors all the time. We have friends that and customers that are investors and advisors that are investors. So it's something that is very interesting to us. You know, I, I would think that there were more bootstrap companies. And I think it is kind of a sea change might be happening. It might be a figure ground reversal. I don't know. But we're just trying to build a healthy business that is providing value to our customers and keeping everybody productive and happy and uh, giving them new superpowers that they didn't necessarily have before. That's what we focus on on a, on a day to day. How would you describe your distinctions amongst other platforms and you know your top three areas? Yeah, I would say uh, you know our emphasis on quality is something that really really sets us apart from from I think our closest competitors like Zoom or Skype. Our quality is far higher, and the the good thing about audio quality is that it's something that can be measured. It's not just you know my opinion that the quality is higher, and we're going about it in a fundamentally different way. Whereas like Zoom recording is like a feature to have meeting minutes for the person who was out sick or something like that. But it's not for a million people to listen to for you know an hour or two. Uh, so our ears are incredibly sensitive. So I think that's a pretty clear value proposition for listeners, for guests, and also for hosts. That's that's a big one, as well as, uh, you know, the experience of recording on Squadcast is a really, really big deal because we've helped people record in over 100 countries and still have that same reliable quality experience where their conversation flows very naturally because you have body language and eye contact. Um, so there's some kind of industry players kind of more on the fringe within podcasting that, that don't have video and, you know, have really kind of rough user experiences, we'll say, and things like that. So we try to provide a, and I believe we do provide a, a very premium, very easy to use experience that is, you know, before their interview, during the interview, and then after the interview, really where it matters, right? When you walk away with that audio. So I think it really is the thread of quality and reliability between all three of those um, pieces of the workflow that all string together very nicely to really set us apart from the landscape, you know, and, and we use Zoom and Skype all the time to have conversations, to have meetings. But when you're having a podcast interview and you're creating content, that's where we see a real difference is that we're connecting creatives. We're not just connecting for a meeting or a conversation. That's one thing. But connecting for the creative experience and the creative kind of process and workflow is something that is uh, kind of you need a different set of tools for that. 
Yeah, the user experience feels very welcoming, like you're joining a podcast and not just a conference call. Yeah, that's that's what we're shooting for. I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, you know, we have some ideas where we continue to emphasize on that. And there's little things in our user experience that communicate that, like, you know, it's it's easier on Squadcast to choose which audio equipment you're going to use because you're here to record with audio equipment um, or some sort of audio. You're here to record that. So why would that be buried within two menus? Like, you know, that's something that's probably more important for our, our use case. Uh, we have, you know, a very accurate and real-time VU meter that is transparent. So everybody can see what everybody else's volume in, is and, you know, that we, we all sound good because that's, again, why we're here is to record audio and create content. The host can see where the guest is at in the world. Um, if permissions are granted, you can see what equipment your guest is using, not just, you know, their name or their VU meter. You can see what microphone your guest is using because your guest probably isn't a professional podcaster. So there's all these uh, little things that really add up to setting us apart when it comes to the experience, as well as kind of the, the audio product that you walk away with as a customer. So with your interest in space exploration and uh, creative endeavors, how do you see those actually being a thread through your career and, and using it through Squadcast? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a fascinating question. So I have, I have a personal podcast called Remove Before Flight, which is my journey to travel to space and document that, which is a many year uh, journey. And that's, uh, yeah, that's called Remove Before Flight. So I'm hopeful that in my lifetime, I'll be able to travel to space. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily see a government sponsoring my, you know, scientific expedition, but maybe as a, as a tourist, I can, uh, I can achieve something there and accomplish that goal. So, you know, it's a multi-phase stretch goal. So that's why it's a good fit for the podcast to, to document and kind of, uh, celebrate that journey. So that's one facet, as well as we get to help some creatives work on their science fiction audio drama podcast on, on Squadcast. We're really, you know, excited about being able to help with those things. And, you know, I, I, for me, I, I don't go this deep usually, but um, you asked the question. So I'll give you kind of the backstory to the backstory, if that's interesting to you for Squadcast. Yeah. So I mentioned the science fiction audio drama a lot of times when people ask about kind of the, you know, the seed for the idea with Squadcast. And that is true, but I uh, have never really, or haven't really told the story of, of why, you know, why science fiction um, when it comes to that podcast. Uh, I'm of course a fan, so that makes sense, but there's a deeper reason. And that is because I see science fiction turning into science fact. I think we can kind of all agree on that. And the, the rate of technological innovation is uh, quantifiably accelerating. The law of accelerating returns, as Ray Kurzweil would call it, is a very well-documented thing since I think like the 80s or something like that since he's been working on it and predicting these things with a high degree of accuracy. But it is accelerating. So I believe that science fiction is this pool of ideas that the generation after can use for a pool of ideas for creating science fact. But if that pool of ideas is kind of drying up because drying up faster because it's being created faster, we need to replenish that well of science fiction ideas. And I say replenish because in my lifetime, the science fiction has been mostly dystopian and not a very positive future outlook, especially when you compare it to like Star Trek, 
which is this very positive outlook on the future. And it predicted a lot of technologies that have since come to life. But the dystopian, you know, I think they're predicting something kind of different. And uh, that worries me a little bit. So what I wanted to do was create a positive science fiction storytelling experience through podcasts to help contribute to that well of ideas that would eventually become science fact. And uh, I think if we don't do that, we're kind of going to run dry at some point of those ideas. And then what? We just, you know, live out this dystopian reality. I'm, I'm not about that life. Right. If you approach it as science fact, then people may use that positivity to create. If it's science fiction and it's dystopian, then there's a little sense of dread. And what are people going to actually do about it? Yeah, you're just kind of, um, you know, you're more inclined to see that as the future. If, if, if you watch science fiction, you know, over a decade or something like that, and, you know, 90% of them are dystopian, what do you think the future is going to be like? You know, that colors your outlook on how you see the future. So I think how we look at the future, everybody talks about predicting the future. I think it's more important as how, how we think about our future. What, what do we uh, try to want to make happen? And that's why I think Elon Musk, I'm a big fan of his work and others are as well. But I think for me, what it comes down to with the message that he has is ultimately trying to create a world that we can look forward to. You know, I can't understand why somebody would be skeptical of having something to look forward to that, you know, seems like a positive thing to me. And I'm looking out right now in the streets of Minneapolis and nobody's driving. Very few people are are out and about. And if I had to predict a science fact based on the acceleration of technology in 2022, over half of all the new cars being purchased will be self-driving. Can you imagine that happening? Can you imagine just that sort of that more robotic feel through your streets? Yeah. And I'd rather take an active role in trying to make things positive. And it's, to me, it's, it's not difficult. I hesitate to call anybody lazy because it's a lot of work to write a book or think of any kind of future that doesn't exist right now or world building and all of those things. Like respect to everybody who does those activities. It's very difficult. But I think in some way that it's it's maybe it's more difficult to picture a positive future than it is to picture a negative future. I think it's fairly easy to predict. I mean, we've given, you know, the context that the world is in right now, it's it's not a stretch of the imagination to imagine any one of these things, uh, right, blowing up in our faces as uh the expression goes, but let's be creative about trying to predict a, or, or paint a picture that is, uh, that is actually going to be inspiring to the next generation, not just kind of a, a different shade of bleak. And you mentioned having Gary Vee on the show and, and I'm a big fan. I've been following him for a number of years and he's sort of helped my mindset. What was your experience working with Gary and, and your reflection on sort of his value system? Uh, well, I think he's a prolific content creative and, um, he's also a prolific, uh, you know, business creative. So to live in both of those worlds at the level that, that he does is inspiring. And I also, you know, his message also stands out to me because it, it sets him apart in a positive way and, you know, being a, being an empathetic, compassionate leader and human, real human being, it's easy to lose sight of that when you get into 
the sometimes egotistical pursuit of building companies and things like that. It, it fits well with kind of a, you know, a, an ego drive to want to be like a solopreneur who's out there conquering the world and, and everything. Uh, so I really think that he's inspiring to a whole generation of uh, entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs and creatives and that his, you know, his message could easily be like, go out there and crush it every day and leave everybody in your dust, like whatever. But that's not his message. You know, um, his message is of empowerment and empathy and being a real human being authentic and, uh, you know, actually talking to people and making deeper connections than just, you know, looking for engagement on social media or something like that. So I, I like that, you know, his balance strikes me as being unique and I'm glad. I think the world uh, is kind of hungry for that and it's a, it's a good time for that. Of course, getting into Joe Rogan and seeing how he lays out both video and podcasting at the same time seems to be inspiring as well. Yeah, Joe's very interesting. I mean, I think that's really where the, um, where the feature request for video recording probably is a lot of roots because podcasters... Uh, are inspired by him and his workflow where he plays in kind of both worlds of podcasting and YouTube. And he does that in very high quality. And I think that that's a prerequisite to, to having a setup like that. And that's really with Squadcast video recording, that's really what we want to deliver to a workflow that everybody can have that level of quality. And for the same, you know, hour, two hour long conversation that you record with us, you walk away with that conversation being recorded in high quality audio for your podcast and high quality video for your YouTube channel or your social media or your promotional material or however you want to be creative with those two formats. And really, you know, that's a solid foundation to create a lot of really cool stuff. So we feel that as kind of another multiplying factor for the same hour, you can be more creative and that's what we're all about. Yeah, man, I'm going to use this a lot for music and I can't wait to share a lot of files through through this. Uh, I also want to give a, a shout out for the introduction from Harry Dran. Uh, he, uh, he was instrumental in helping us figure out some mics and, and he uh, referred you over. So that that's how we met. I have so much to thank Harry for and this being uh, the most recent thing. So I'm very grateful for, for Harry and for you, Jordan. I think, uh, you know, being able to have this conversation is always something that, you know, I look forward to recording with you and then also that we can, you know, help out with, with your creative process. And then, yeah, that, that Harry was able to, to make the connection is, is even cooler. So thank you to Harry. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks Zach so much for being on the show. It's great to hear your story. Anything else that we missed? Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of exciting stuff coming up with Squadcast, so you can check that out at squadcast.fm. How can we get a hold of you? Uh, you can reach me on socials at Zach underscore underscore Moreno. And that's Zach with an H. Yeah, I'm, I'm very out in the open and transparent with things. So uh, feel free to reach out anywhere. And we're happy to help. If you want to start a podcast or just talk about creative stuff, we're happy to help. Thank you for listening to the Roll Call Podcast, brought to you by We The Project. For early adopters, please log on to wetheproject.com. Thank you to Whiteheart Grove Productions, a partner in post-production for the Roll Call Podcast, produced by Petros Media.